You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. Today's podcast is coming to you from Ward 7B at Walsall Manor Hospital, where I'm currently recovering from a failed assassination attempt by local bellend Slow Francis White. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard all about it by now. He tried to blow me up with Mr White's gas cooker, which did give me a fair whack to the chest when he blew up a couple of weeks back. This is very lucky. Lucky? How the fuck do you work that out? I had my eyebrows and half my fucking hair burnt off. I'll go right fucking state. Gonna have to buy a wig just like yours just to cover it up. It's not a wig, it's me real hair. Yeah, I doubt that very much. As you will undoubtedly hear, I'm joined today by Big Ken, who is doing all the technical stuff for me whilst I'm here, getting a bit of bed rest. Even though he's a right fucking Judas who helped Francis attempt to steal this very podcast. You let me sing. I oh, know he fucking did. And you can forget to sing it at the end of the anniversary episode, you fucking dick. But I love to sing, Randall. Feels like I'm flying. Well, consider your wings well and truly fucking clipped. You should have thought about that before, shouldn't you? Oh, please let me fly, Randall. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'm still very angry with you, Ken. Still quite raw. So sorry about that. Very unprofessional, isn't it? I'm sure you'll forgive me. For what with these being special circumstances. Anyway, you'll be pleased to know that after loads and loads of tests, I'm fine and should be leaving here in about a week. It would have been sooner if it hadn't have been for the mix-up about the kidneys. What happened was, straight after the explosion, I was taken to the county hospital in Edgebury and they did all sorts of tests on me there right, to check if I was brain dead or not. Took them ages to find out, did all sorts of neurological tests on me. Neurological, banging word that, ain't it? Neurological. They did all neurological tests on me and I was completely unresponsive and they thought about turning all the machines off until they had a word with Dr De Silva, my GP. He said it was quite normal and that sort of thing was to be expected with me. Well, after a day or so of me being here, uh, they had this massive car crash on the motorway right, and someone sadly died, but their kidney was a perfect match for mine, and somehow they thought I needed a new one. So they sped me up here to Walsall Manor Hospital for the operation. It was only when they opened me up and found out I'd already got three kidneys that they got the wrong bloke, so they stitched me back up and said no more about it. Well, technically it's two and a half kidneys, but it's the same difference, isn't it? They did say they were quite surprised that Slow Francis, who for some reason is listed as my next of kin, signed the permission papers and didn't say anything about my kidneys working properly and not needing a transplant. I would love to say that here at the hospital they've been treating me so kindly, but I can't, they're fucking evil. There's this one nurse right, Nurse Jenkins, she's a right moody cow, constantly nags at me. I've got to wear this bloody gown when I walk about, sort of opens up at the back, it's fucking freezing when I nip for a walk about which she's constantly having a go at me for anyway. She seems to have got the ump about the fact that I don't wear pyjamas. Never have done. Don't like being restricted when I sleep. So I've got this system right, I call it the six underpants system. Why do you call it that, you may ask? Well, because it's a system that involves six pairs of underpants. Quite simple, one pair for daytime, one pair for nighttime, two pairs in the wash, two on the radiator, ready for the next day. It's a tried and tested system and has worked perfectly for over three and a half decades. Admittedly, that time we had the fire at the old place in the middle of the night, standing out there in the street with just me Grundies on, was a low point for the system, but in principle it does work. I also didn't appreciate being splashed all over the front cover of the Express and Star, just me and my underpants standing watching the Inferno. Made me feel cheap, like a piece of meat. But I've gone off subject there, haven't I? Now, since being out of a coma, I've been wearing a fresh pair in the morning, fresh pair at bedtime, Washing yesterday's dirties in the sink and having a standby pair warming nicely on the radiator next to Mr Washington's bed over in the corner. Nurse Jenkins took exception to this and told me I'm not allowed to do this anymore. It's not fair on Mr Washington, she said. 
Not like he's going to complain, is it? He just sits there staring out the window, dribbling spit down his fucking chin. She said to me, why can't I just wear pyjamas like a normal person? And I said, it is a matter of principle. I'm going to stick to the six underpants system. So she insists I wear this gown whenever I stroll about. Randall Parker's Film Fact Pint-sized action star Tom Cruise likes to tell people that he's not really short. He's just further away than they originally thought he was. Randall Parker's Film Fact Now we are going to do some of the usual stuff, review a couple of films, answer a few emails and the usual can of cack. But please bear with me as my original plans for this week were tweaked at the last minute. I was going to review my two favourite films of all time, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. But Ken informed me yesterday these were the two films that Slow Francis reviewed last week, so that fucked that right up the ringo, didn't it? Shit, here she comes. What are you up to, Mr Parker? Just just doing my podcast. Uh, you don't mind Ken helping me, do you? Just as long as you don't cause any more trouble. Are you going to be a good boy, Ken? Yes, miss. You've not bought any more chips in, have you? Took us hours to get rid of the smell. No, miss. So we're OK to carry on, are we? Sure, our Tommy boy found about your podcast. We had a listen last night. Did you enjoy it? I'll just go and check on Mr Washington. Emails, Ken. Just play the fucking jingle. Emails. Tell you what, there's no peace and quiet in here. I mean, listen to it. It's it's like trying to rest in a fucking bus station. I mean... Ken, look at that bloke in the bed opposite. He's been giving me evil looks for fucking hours. You can't even piss in one of them cardboard bottles with someone trying to cop a look at your dick. It's fucking terrible. So, on to Emails. I would like to thank you all for getting in touch and all the get well soon messages. I've had four emails wishing me well, so it's nice to know you lot care. Now, if it's all the same to you lot, I'm just going to stick to the film-related ones for now. Well, what with this supposedly being a film podcast. So the first one goes, Dear Randall. Well, it actually goes, Dear Francis, but that fucker's not getting his hands on this podcast again. Dear Randall, enjoyed last week's podcast more than normal. Are there any plans to change the format of the show any further, as I found the old ones were getting a bit stale and boring? Best wishes, Tanwar Masood. Fuck off, mate. Fuck right off, you prick. Next email goes. Dear Randall, and it does actually say Randall, as it's my fucking podcast. Dear Randall, imagine the scenario. You are flying over the Alps in a hot air balloon. Not likely. You never catch me one of them fucking things, I can tell you. You're flying over the Alps in a hot air balloon with five of your friends. Have you got five friends? Oh, fuck off, Ken. Let's start this one again. Hang on. Dear Randall, imagine the scenario. You're flying over the Alps in a hot air balloon with five of your friends. But the gas which makes the hot air has stopped working and you are losing altitude and likely to crash. And everyone will die. To save your friends, you have to decide to throw one of them out of the balloon and to their death. But everyone else will survive. It's a tough choice but you are the one who has to make it. Your friends are Brie Larson, Vin Diesel, Mark Wahlberg, Gwyneth Paltrow and Ryan Reynolds. Who do you choose? Best wishes, Alan Shearer. Well, thanks for the email, Alan. Firstly, I'd get in touch with the health and safety executive about the safety practices of this hot air balloon company. Shocking, that is. You'd think they'd have a backup supply of gas, wouldn't you? Now, Alan, I can see what you've done here. You've put me in a hot air balloon with some of the most annoying people on the planet, haven't you? Bloody hell, what a choice. Uh, you'd get rid of one cock, but we're left with four equally annoying cocks. Fucking hell. Tell you what, if I was stuck in a hot air balloon with this basket of dicks, I'd fucking jump out myself. 
hope that's answered your question, Alan, and thanks for writing in. Final email for this week goes, Dear Randall, As an avid film fan, I love all aspects of cinema, from French New Wave to Italian neorealism, not to forget some of the hidden gems thrown up by the free cinema movement of the late 1950s. I find that for me, the majority of exciting cinema lies off the beaten track, quite often hidden from plain sight to the casual film viewer. My question to you is this, if you could invent a film genre, what would you call it and how would it stand out from anything that has gone before? Kind wishes, Kenneth Erskine. Well, thanks for writing in, Kenneth. That's a question and a half, isn't it? I'd probably go for something called uh, West Midland New Wave Cinema, which would probably be a bit similar to the Japanese New Wave movement of the late 1950s, which carried on into the 1970s. Although it didn't make up a coherent movement as such, the director sought to share the rejection of traditions and conventions of classic Japanese cinema in favour of a more challenging work, both thematically and formally, coming to the fore in a time of national social change and unrest. A bit like us now, what with the cost of living rising and all this bollocks about the national insurance going up. The films in the West Midland New Wave would deal with taboo subject matter including sexual violence, radicalism, youth culture and the fact that some folks get really pissed off that some women prefer fannies to cocks and some blokes prefer cocks to fannies. I would also adopt a more unorthodox approach to editing and narrative that would make for an uncomfortable watch for the audience. I hope that's answered your question Kenneth. Bit of fun that was. Now brace yourself. Strange sounds from the dark corridor. That's right, the smug anus of the dark corridor has decided to shove his oar in and try to ruin this episode by sending me an email. So let's just get on with that, shall we? It goes, Dear Randall, so sorry to hear about your recent accident and was delighted to hear your relation Francis White kindly take over the reins whilst you were incapacitated. I found this a much more pleasurable experience and will gladly welcome him to the podcast family. I found his reviews of the two films to be enlightening and were made much more welcoming by not taking themselves too seriously. <coughs> I've been in touch with Francis and offered him any assistance should he require if he wishes to launch a podcast of his own in the near future. But on to the main reason for this email. Since you are currently convalescing in hospital, I am willing to postpone the challenge I have laid down to you a few weeks ago and give your show a brief reprieve whilst you regain your strength. Please do not mistake this for me weakening. I still want to crush you on the field of battle, but I'm prepared to wait for my day in the sun. Please get in touch when you feel up to taking me on in our duel. Kind regards, The Dark Corridor. Fucking hell, Colin, mate. Sounds like you're running scared there, pal. Don't want to put it off, mate. Quite looking forward to it, actually. So, let's go well as planned, you prick. Oh, and as for getting on with Slow Francis, doesn't surprise me. You're both a right pair of c**ts. Mr Parker! Sorry, miss. Just play the fucking jingle, Ken. So on to our first review, a film off the non-specific list of greatest films of all time, and definitely not one off the... Sorry, Ken, did you say something? No, nothing to say word. Ah, must be hearing things. Right, yeah, it's just, it's just off some random list of greatest films of all time, and not off www.thisisadarkcorridor.com. Now, today's film is from Iran. Now, are Iran the goodies or the baddies? You never can remember. Either way, it's from 1987. It's directed by Abbas Kirustami. Uh, 
nowhere near pronouncing that right, I'm pretty sure. Now, the name might sound familiar as he directed a film he did a couple of weeks ago about the bloke driving around wanting to top himself and somebody fill the hole in afterwards. I think we liked that one, didn't we? Yeah. Anyway, this one's called Where Is The Friend's Home? Uh, it starts off at a school in a classroom and the kids are being noisy and the teacher comes in and gives them a right bollocking for being noisy. Well, it was his fault for being late, if you ask me. But he makes all the kids get out their homework and gets to this one kid who's done his homework but he's done it on a piece of paper, not in his exercise book. And the teacher gives him a mega bollocking for it. And the lad starts to cry, so the teacher keeps on at him. I mean, we had teachers like this at school. They have this sixth sense where they could pick out the weak kids and pick on them because it made them big. Probably gave him a stiffy, truth be told. Now, the blighting kid and his mate, right, who's sitting next to him, who's, who's called Ahmad, are walking home from school and knocking about. And Ahmad says to him, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to fuck off home and crack off my homework. Now, this lad, Ahmad, he's got a fuckload of chores to do when he gets home and finally settles down to do his homework, then realises he's got his mate's exercise book in his bag and his mate's going to get fucked up the arse tomorrow at school and get expelled. Now, he says to his mum, Oi, mum, I've got my mate's exercise book here and if I don't give him back to him, he's going to get a reap bollocking. And his mum says, Don't give a fuck, mate. Just get on with the homework. But little Ahmad, he ain't standing for this and decides to trot off and see if he can find out where his mate lives. All he knows is it's fucking ages away. So he sets off and goes to sort of near where he thinks his pal lives and knocks on a few doors and says, have you seen me mate? And pretty much everyone tells him to fuck off. Now this sets him off on a little adventure where he meets all sorts of toothless fools who fuck him about and waste his time. And all the time he's getting more and more worried about his pal getting a bollocking tomorrow. He follows this bloke on a donkey who he thinks is his mate's dad, but he ain't. And by now it's getting dark and he meets this old fellow who says, I know where the twat lives, and takes this lad on a big fuck-off walk. And the kid ends up back at home. Well, he gets a bollocking off his mum and he settles down to do his homework, safe in the knowledge he's failed to help his mate out from getting bollocked. Next day at school, Ahmad is missing from class and the teacher's working his way around the classroom marking everyone's homework. And the blotting kid from earlier sat there thinking, oh, I'm going to get fucked by this mental teacher, I'll tell you. But then in comes Ahmed, who hands his mate his exercise book, says, don't worry, pal, I've got your back. I've done your homework so you don't get bollocked. And it sort of ends there. Now, this film highlights some of the main differences between Iran and England. The main one being that in my day, some fucker would have purposefully stolen my exercise book to get me into trouble. Now, I think I may miss some of the nuances here. What a word nuances, eh? Fucking great nuance. Right, I missed some of the nuances because I was watching it on a Kindle Fire. Little fucking tiny screen. Was that really the best you could come up with, Ken? It's better than nothing. Barely. Didn't realise they still fucking made them. Ratings wise, I'm going to put this on a par with The Muppets Christmas Carol as it was something I really didn't think I was going to like, but ended up enjoying thoroughly. That was Where Is The Friend's House? Watch that if you like watching people with incredibly bad teeth, moaned kids walking around in incredibly muddy shoes. Thirsty work this. Uh, just pass us that or I'll be in it, would you, Ken, mate? Cheers. Tell you what, must be ill. Ribena these days. I only seem to drink Ribena when I'm ill. Same with Lucasaid. Which reminds me, oh, Joe popped in the other day. I actually think he just popped in to see if I got any grapes he could nick. Uh, he stopped about half an hour told me how currently in my bungalow, Mum, Mr White and Slow Francis are bunking down there as Mr White's house has had to be demolished since Francis tried to kill me. 
speaking of mum, she ain't been round to visit me, which is a shame. I feel quite sad about that, actually. I have to say, though, Mr. White did pop along a few days ago, and it sounds like Francis had tried to spin me mummy yarn about how it was my fault that the house blew up. I'm pretty sure Mr. White believes my side of the story, but has said that he might take a while for mum to come round. Looks like when I'm better, I might have to find alternative accommodation. It looks like I'm about as popular as the Matrix 4. Might have to stop at yours, Ken. Fuck that. Bloody charming. Just after the accident, when I was in the coma, I did have a strange experience. Uh, what happened was, I was out for the count, but I could still sort of hear the people in the background, you know, the hospital, chatting shit and stuff. But, like, in my head, right, I could see all this darkness. But in the distance, there was this tiny little pinprick of light, right? And as time went on, the pinprick got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Until I could see this sort of place. Looked dead nice, it did. All lush and green and lovely, right? bit like Queen's Park, but without the stink of weed, murders or dog shit. And it was all behind these big white gates, which were open, you know, ready for me to walk through. And stood behind the gates there was my granddad, and he was waving at me and shouting at me. And I was shouting at him and waving back, and we kept shouting and waving at each other. And just as I was about to go through the gates, right, uh, my cousin Alan and Gran appeared. Alan sort of started flicking the V's at me and shouted, Fuck off back, Shrek. And my gran was furiously shutting the gates and started locking them, saying, Piss off to the other place, Randall, you swine! And then it sort of got dark, and I woke up. It felt real, sort of like one of them dreams you have when, you know, when you've had cheese before bed. Yeah. <laughs> to the part of the podcast where I'll pitch a film that I would like to see. Now this week's film is a revenge thriller where the hero of the film is blown up in a terrorist attack and ends up in hospital and vows to seek revenge on the arsehole that what blew him up. He unravels a plot and finds out it's his sort of stepbrother slash idiot who happens to live with the hero's mum and the hero beats the ever-living fuck out of the man bastard. I haven't thought of a title yet. I don't know. Something like, fuck off, Francis, I'm going to fuck you up big style. Films that what I would like to see. Tell you what, Ken, the worst thing was, right, having that tube right up me P.O. That stung a bit, I can tell you. In my opinion, right, your piss pipe should be one-way traffic. Should. You're fucking killed. Now, the other day, Ken kindly bought me some chips in from the chip shop because the hospital food here is plain havoc with me arse ropes. Can't stop farting all the time. Smells like an abandoned fruit and veg warehouse. Not good at all. But when he was buying them, he got chatting to Tommy Slippers, the local tramp slash gossip monger, and he's been telling everyone how I'm dead and how I'd managed to blow myself up making bombs for the PLO. But luckily, Ken put him right that it was that arsehole slow Francis that tried to kill me. Didn't you, Ken? 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 What? What? I, I, I thought you had some inside information or something. Fucking hell, Ken. You're a dense fucker, you are. Now, I did have a spot of good news whilst I was in the coma. It was that uh, I won the raffle. The party Janet and Sharon the Vicar were running for the Easter break in Amsterdam. Stroke of luck that was, wasn't it? Uh, quite looking forward to it. It's about a month off, so hopefully I should be match fit by then. And Janet said that even though I didn't have a passport, she'd get one off an associate of hers, and he'd sort me out before departure. She thinks of everything she does. 
Now, being as he's on holiday for two, I had a thought, and I thought I might take Mum along with me. Might get me back in her good books. Uh, good, good opportunity for me and Mum to do some mother and son bonding. I can just see it now, Mum and I walking along the canals. And they're nice canals there. They're not like the ones here in Edgebury, where they're always fishing corpses out of it. Now, I've heard they've got some great museums there. I think that's why most people go to Amsterdam, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be fun, that is. Something to look forward to. Randall's Requests. So, on to the part of the podcast where I review a film requested by a listener. Uh, her name is Genital, and she's from Tiverton. Now, she's requested a film from 2019, directed by a bloke called Adam Shankman. Sounds a made-up name, that, doesn't it? And it's called What Men Want. Now, it starts off with this lass called Ali Davis, and she's sort of a manager for sportsmen, and she works with a right bunch of twatty men who sort of ignore her because she's a woman. I mean, what do women know about sport? I mean, just ask Billie Jean King, Zola Bud, Laura Kenny. Just Grace Hill? No, Ken, not her. Now, she's passed up for a promotion, and her boss tells her that it's because she's a bit of a twat and can't relate well to blokes. Well, her best mate's getting married, and at her end party, she tells her pals that blokes don't like her, and her mate calls over this voodoo lady who puts a spell on her. And when she's pissed later on, she knocks herself out, and when she comes round, she can hear what men think. At first, she shits herself and panics about it, but then uses her newfound skills to become a better person, and she lands a big contract to manage this big-time basketball player, but then it all falls through, and everyone at work thinks she's a turd. She goes over to her mate's wedding and tells everyone that she can hear what men think. And usually it's about shagging and a big fart breaks out and she gets knocked on the head and loses her secret powers. Anyway, now she's a better person and she says sorry to everyone and lands a basketball player contract and tells her boss to fuck off. I'm setting up a rival agency, so go and suck your own dick. Now there was a subplot in there about a fella she was shagging who had a kid and a dead wife but I wasn't paying much attention to them bits. Truth be told, I was on my phone. Whilst watching this, I had a feeling I'd seen this film before, then realised a few months back I reviewed a film called What Women Want, with everyone's third favourite racist Mel Gibson in it. Now, they've nicked the plot, changed the bloke for a woman, just changed one word in the title, and I'm sure if Mel and his mates wanted to sue them for copyright, uh, they'd have a fucking good case. Might want to look into that, Mel. Now, for me, this film was way off the mark because being a man in his 50s, I can safely say all I really want and all most men my age really want is to be left alone and watch the telly for as long as possible and talk to as few people whilst doing it. Ratings bars, I'm going to put this on a par with having a catheter removed from your piss pipe. That was what men want. Watch that if you want to see a film that probably inspired someone to invent TikTok. Randall's requests. Now, before the accident, I was making some progress with Donna, the lady who lived next door to us in the old house. Uh, I was supposed to be going out with her on a date, but unfortunately, I ended up in here in hospital, so we had to postpone. Now, when I get out of here, one of the first things I'm going to do is nip round to Donna's with a big bunch of flowers and ask her out on another date. Well, Francis is going out with her now. You what? He took her out instead of you, and now they're going out together. The fucking c- Sorry, miss. Randall's Classics. So, on to Randall's Classics for this week, and it's one from 1967, and it's called Carry On Doctor. Yes, I know you've probably all seen it, and we all know what it's about and all that, 
but for me it reflects a more innocent time where jokes about ladies' busters and man's knobs were what the NHS was all about. In those days the nurses were all nice and friendly and the doctors were wandering around the wards trying to make people better, whereas today they seem to spend most of the days moaning about cleaning up sick and doing TikToks and trying to become famous. Well this lot do, I mean the other day Nurse Jenkins had a right go at me when I pulled the curtain round my bed just because I wanted a bit of personal private time, if you know what I mean. So Randall's classic is Carry On Doctor, get it watched. It's probably got to be on RTV3 on Saturday or something. Randall's Classics. Well, I, I, I think that's everything. Fucking taking it out of me, that has. Still not 100% fit, so I'm going to have a bit of a break for a week or so, try build up my strength, you know. But I will be back, I promise. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, then the email address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I really, really would love to hear from you. Ta-da for a bit.